1: with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com credit card. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older, Around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer rated Bridgestone Weather Peak. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, tire rack.com, the way tire buying should be. The Volume. The Three and Out podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There is no better place to bet every moment more than with FanDuel. With football ending, we have the NBA rolling, March Madness right around the corner, and my personal favorite, betting on the PGA Tour. I cannot recommend it enough. You get winnings fast and winnings are also delivered in under 2 hours. It's a fun to combine multiple bets from the same game parlay, no big deal. NBA, Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, that would be what I would do. If you are new, just download the FanDuel app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, a little weekend mailbag, the weekend before the draft, recording this. Actually, on a Friday morning, uh, got some stuff to do, a.k.a. golf and screw around. So, you know, I got up, already been to the gym, been a productive day. It's only 8 in the morning, and we are rocking and rolling in the Middlecoff household. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Just slide up into those direct messages and get your question answered here on the show. Very... Very easy. Share the podcast with your friends. Subscribe, rate, review. If you listen on Collins' feed, please subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. I'd greatly appreciate that. And uh, let's get to Michelle. Hey, John. I'm the minority as I'm a female listener. I love football and gambling. Damn, girl. Making someone very happy somewhere. I love your show and appreciate your takes on life. I wish more people were candid, raw, and afraid. One question for the mailbag and one gambling comment. Question. Do you see any sleeper teams that could make a run for the Super Bowl? I don't see how anyone beats the Bills, Chiefs, Rams, Packers, or Bucks. Thoughts? I know it's early, and there always seems to be some parity in the NFL. Why don't put the Packers in there anymore? Because they lost Devontae Adams and they couldn't get it done with him. And they'd been to What? Three straight championship. I guess they didn't make a championship game this year, but they'd been the number one or two seed for three straight years. So bye-bye, uh, Green Bay. Comment. You've said you don't understand betting on season win totals. God, this girl. Don't sleep on her. Like, what's the fun in that? Where I think you might be wrong. Season win totals can never be $50 or $100. Those bets are investments. For example, if you bet... on the Jets to go under six and a half wins come January you could and likely will because the Jets are awful win $10,000 which is a lot better return than skills stock over that time period Uh, we'll see what if skills rips uh, this fall though I mean you could argue I mean the market buckle up people it's about to get really really rocky so yeah maybe you're right are you better off, if the stock market, if we go through chaos for 12 months, economic uncertainty and chaos, let's just call a spade a spade. I mean, it is what it is. There's is. I'm not beating around the bush here. Are you better off investing large sums of money? Should I take $20,000 and put it on a team's win total or put it in a stock? The difference is, with a stock, I'm not a short-term stock trader, so I'm okay with a short-term loss. If you can't handle some short-term losses, you ain't going to make any money in the big leagues. So it doesn't phase me. There is a finite date with a win and loss total. So if I bet $15,000, $20,000, $10,000 on the Jets, on the Giants, on the whoever, over or under, and I lose, that money is gone. Right now, skills, I look today, I am in the red. I mean, almost $50,000, right? Now, I, I'm also in the... pot. Like, I have still a lot more positive money, but I'm in the red. But ultimately, it can stay in the red for a year, I only lose if I sell. And if it pops, if I make money, and this speaks for any stock, anyone that's down, you don't lose, right? But you lose if somehow the Jets and Robert Sala and Zach Wilson win seven games. So there is risk, I would say, in football just because so many teams have proven that things can change pretty fast, like a market, like the economy, like anything, Right? But you can kind of see, like, skills. I bet on people paying for video games. No different than I bet in the weed industry. Or I bet in, I have a lot of money in EV, right? Now, is it going to be a year away, five years away? Who knows? But I know what's coming. The Jets, hell, they can win eight games. What if they trade for Debo Samuel? I don't know. So I, I hear you. I don't necessarily disagree with the premise, but I think the risk is equally, if not greater. Uh, just wanted to know your thoughts on how I can get into scouting football. Kidding. Just needed to keep up the streak of people asking the question. You don't do. I mean, you don't want to do that. My real question. What are the thoughts on the idea of contending windows in the NFL? It seems like the consensus way to contend is to accumulate high draft picks, build up the trenches, and then draft a rookie quarterback to place it into ad free agent playmakers while he's on his rookie deal and begin their quote unquote contending window. But it seems like teams have different philosophies on the concept in how to run their business. And I'd like to get your thoughts. So shout out to my friends, Jake and Ben. We're all big fans and think you're an integral sports personality. Well, Harry, I appreciate that. Uh, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. You know, clearly windows close a little quicker than you think. But if you have a great quarterback your window is extended. Like, ultimately, the Packers only won one Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers, but they have had a decade-long window. They go to the playoffs and win the division basically every year. So, Josh Allen, the Bills are going to be a Super Bowl contender every year. They may never win one. So, to me, it's just predicated on the quarterback, right? The 49ers have had this window because they've had other players, not a quarterback. Now, if Trey Lance pops, they're going to have a long window. If he doesn't, their window will shut fast, right? Uh, obviously, Tom Brady's a great example. You know, I mean, if, if you just have a great quarterback, Russell Wilson, Seattle won one Super Bowl, they got to another, but they have been in the mix for nine straight years. So I, I think it's just, do you have a star quarterback? It's, it's really that simple. Because if you don't, then your window can shut at a moment's notice. It really can't. If you, if you have Patrick Mahomes, like the Chiefs are winning 10 to 14 games every single season as long as he plays basically every game. If he does, they'll be fine. Hell, even the chargers who have a cheap owner, a coach that we don't know is any good. As long as Herbert plays, they're going to be contending. And when I, I just mean contending for the playoffs, contending to win double digit games, like that's a window. Cause once you get to the playoffs, th- this is not baseball or basketball where you're playing in a serious one and done baby. So you, you just got to get to the dance, and take your chances. Who do you think is going to win the AFC West? And do you think a lot of big-name players will be traded on draft day? Uh, uh, you know, I don't really do predictions in in terms of who's going to win the division. Because I got no fucking clue. If I knew, I'd bet $100,000 on that team to win. Like, I I don't know. I, I just, You know, predictions. I, and I get, maybe I'm just, that's where me and the media don't. All, like, who cares? Like, I think they're all pretty good. I would bet on the Chiefs because they got the best quarterback and they got the best coach. But if you told me that the Raiders were to win it or the Chargers were to win it, like I could see it. Like I if you told me the Broncos disappoint, I could see it. If you told me the Broncos win 12 games, I could see it. I mean I I'm not betting against the Chiefs until they lose. But I, I'm not really like I don't know. I'm not I'm not I'm not a wizard here. I, I can't see the future. Do wizards see the future? Um I just kind of wanted to say the word wizard. I'm a lifelong Steelers fan, and I'm very excited about what the team did so far this offseason by signing Miles Jack, who was the offensive and defensive freshman of the year in the Pac-12 once upon a time, Levi Wallace, addressing a few needs on the O-line, and even signing Trubisky. Even though the Steelers didn't make a splash trade for a big-time quarterback, they got young guys on good contracts who have some upside. My two-part question is, if you were GM, would you address the quarterback in the draft if it is reasonable expectation for the Steelers In terms of competing in a loaded AFC. I would not draft any of these quarterbacks if I was the Steelers. None of them. I would roll with my squad and just see what the hell happens. Unless maybe in the mid-rounds. But they've done that before. Dodds, Mason Rudolph. And it hasn't worked out. So I I would... i just roll with my squad. Uh, Listen to your show every day. I'm from New Zealand. uh, Living in the UK. Shout out. Would be awesome to my brother Ryan in the Outback in Australia, and my little bro Matthew living home in New Zealand. What up, people? What's the inside scoop on Justin Fields' development under the new staff? Feels like he could take a big jump this year or flop. Feels like the teardown of the Bears did was the right move. Think the Bears need to add wide receiver and depth and O-line in the draft. I agree, they don't have a first-round pick. I mean, I, I don't know. I... There, there is no. They haven't been on the field or anything. There's been zero development. <laughs> I think it's going to be a very, very rough year for Justin Fields. And I was a big fan of Justin Fields coming out in the draft, but as a quarterback, you are so uh, dependent on your GM, on your coach, on the offensive line, on the skill guys, and he can't control any of that. So their team sucks. <laughs> I mean, their team is not very good. So I, I would imagine his season does not go great would be my educated guess as we're sitting here right now. And it might be no fault of his own. Are you related to Matt Nagy? No, I'm not. But we're both bald guys. We're both uh, buddies. And uh, I love Matt Nagy. Hey, man, quick question in the mailbag. I don't think Kyler is worth the money he wants. Do you think Baker could be a replacement for him? At least he plays with the heart Kyler doesn't want it. His body language stinks. And maybe we get another weapon on the other side of D-hop and fix the line instead of paying a guy that has no heart. Yeah, I mean, I can't speak to his heart, but his body language is terrible. And I know Colin, you know, he called out Colin. Like, ultimately, I think Kyler is a baseball mentality at heart, a little bit like of an NBA guy at heart, selfish, all about himself, and quarterback is not that spot. Quarterback is a selfless leader. You have you either have it or you don't. And clearly, he lacks some of that. Uh, I'm not into tiny little players. And I think he is a physical, special athlete. He's got a fantastic arm. He's a unique player. I just don't like tiny little guys. Not in the big boy league. And as you've seen, he's gotten destroyed down the stretch. Absolutely crushed. And sometimes in life, football, business relationships, whatever, you get your ass kicked. Hopefully not physically, but you know, mentally, y- things go wrong. You get fired. You lose your job. You lose your business. Things can go really, really bad. I define some humans, or basically any human, how they handle the tough times. Anyone can handle the good times. Anyone can rah-rah when you're up 20 points or rah-rah when you triple your income. What about when your income disappears? What about when you're getting your ass kicked in a playoff game? How do you conduct yourself? How do you handle yourself? Kyler got destroyed and then all of a sudden has gone on a temper tantrum. He's not getting paid enough. Like Kyler, you ain't Patrick Mahomes, homie. He had an MVP in a Super Bowl. You ain't. Jo- you couldn't hold Josh Allen's jock. Lamar Jackson, who is much closer to your comp, is much more accomplished. And he hasn't gotten a penny yet from his rookie contract. And here's the difference. Lamar was a 32nd pick. You're the first. Like, ultimately, at the end of the day, Kyler Murray's a drama queen. There is no way around it. And I can handle drama queens. If you're LeBron James, Kyler ain't good enough. You have to be better than your problems. And from just the most basic level, for the Cardinals, he's been good, right? He's resurrected the franchise to relevancy. But ultimately, to pay you big bucks, can you just... I'm not paying you necessarily to win Super Bowls. I'm just paying you, can I win playoff games with you? And I don't think you can. He crumbles down the stretch. Crumbles. I'd trade him and let someone else give him $140 million guaranteed under no circumstances as of right now. Maybe if he turned it around the next couple of years, became a better leader. But how many people like dramatically change the more money they get? Doesn't money usually just expose who you actually are? So I, I just I'm not a Kyler Murray guy. I'm not. And I've never disputed that like he sucks. Just not my style of player. I like bigger, stronger athletes, you know, who don't bitch and moan the moment times get a little tough. The other thing is, Kyle Murray makes a lot of money. You're the number one overall pick. You got $35 million. I'm I'm sorry. I'm just not giving you more money. What do you think the Vikings should do in the upcoming draft? And how far do you think they can actually go this year when a new head coach and Kirk Cousins is leading the charge? I mean, if their defense improves, I think they can win that division. Now, I'm not saying the Packers are going to suck, but I think there's a decent chance they're a 9-10 win team. So can the Vikings just, you know, if the Packers win 9 games, can they win 10? If the Packers win 10 games, can they win 11? I think it's on the table. I I think it became toxic with Zimmer, negative energy, uh, just a curmudgeon. It's one thing to be Belichick and be a curmudgeon. It's another thing to be Zimmer and be a curmudgeon. And the defense sucked. So it's like, Zimmer, you're angry, you're a defensive guy, and you're the coordinator, and our defense is atrocious. Bizarre deal. Hey, bro, quick question. Do you think the Saints made that weird trade this year with the intention of getting picks next year in exchange for Sean Payton's contract rights? Both podcasts are awesome. Keep it up. That's a good question. I haven't really thought about that. Uh, I don't think so. I mean, I think if Sean Payton wants to come back coaching, they're not going to trade him or whatever. Like he retired. He left. They have Dennis Allen. Like they moved on. So to me, if Sean Payton wants to go to the Dallas Cowboys, like they're not gonna get like first round picks. Like it's over. You, you just like it's over. Now, you could say Gronk came back, but they got nothing for him. M- maybe I'm wrong. I I haven't really thought about it that much. Not a crazy theory, actually, the more I let it marinate. But I would doubt that, to be honest with you. Question for the mailbag. I feel like people are not giving Derek Stingley enough credit. He's the corner from LSU. And are devaluing the fact that his freshman season was his best, like somehow is getting worse. He definitely has an injury risk, but I just can't see him dropping out of the top 10. What are your thoughts on him? Well, I think on the most basic level, when you're evaluating a player, you want a guy to get better over time. So if your best season and in football, you have to go to school for three years is your freshman year. You go, what the hell happened the last two years? Well, I think you could justify it and go, Ed Ogeron and that situation became a disaster. The COVID season, the LSU was awful. This year was really weird. Obviously, he's been injured. But I think, like, does he love football? Is he all in? Was he kind of a front runner when things were good and the team was awesome? You know, I, I don't have enough information on him. The, that, that's the type of thing. The scouts that have gone through the South and gone through LSU and can kind of compare him to the other players in recent years. Like, Do you feel good about the person? Because his physical attributes, freak. Do you feel good about the person? Do you know what made Richard Sherman a Hall of Fame guy? He fucking loved football. Loved it. Loved it. Deion Sanders loved football. All these DBs that become great are just like football junkies. So is he all in with football? Like ultimately, Jalen Ramsey like loves to play football. Seen him live several times. And he's got, I mean, he's got some flaws, but like the dude balls because he's physical, a hit. He just likes playing football. And I I don't know I don't have enough information I don't know that much about the guy, but I hear you, big time talent. But sometimes when you take big time talents with questionable production or questionable whatever, gets you in a little trouble. Uh, a lot of mocks happen to the Vikings, which seems awfully low and below Gardner. I think the difference with uh, Sauce Gardner, the corner from Cincinnati, he feels safe, and I think sometimes you know. The, You have to pick your spots, when to be safe in life and when not to be safe in life. Like if I'm the Jets or the Giants, you know, I just need to get some solid players. So I would mess with sauce over Stingley. But if I'm looking to hit a home run like the Vikings, like I just need a little something, something, maybe get a guy to prove something, not crazy. If I'm a shitty team drafting high, I don't think I can take the risk. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. two percent cash rewards the wells fargo active cash credit card that's real life ready terms apply learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash
2: juan gabriel juan selina selina celia cruz azúcar carol g la bichota
0: Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Your segment about being no safe picks in the draft resonated a lot with me. And I hate seeing so many mocks of us getting Evan Neal. This guy's a Texans fan, Anthony. Like you, I grew up in conventional wisdom that you build the team through the trenches. But if the Bengals had done that last year, they would have been a six-win team instead of going to the Super Bowl with Jamar Chase. They got ripped all offseason for taking that risk and it paid off huge. The Browns had a Hall of Fame tackle for a decade and he had zero impact in the win column. In a league that's never been less physical and has never punished the defense more for breathing on the quarterback, why not take more skill swings at skill positions, wide receiver corner in the first round? I'm not convinced the success of the Texans two or three years out is going to be decided by Davis Mills being sacked four fewer times. I don't think you're crazy, man. I, I, I'm i coming around a little bit, to me, if they're equal. If I can get a star or a guy that's a full-time, like a really good player, like ultimately, Jamar Chase is just a way better player than Panay Sewell. Now, if Panay Sewell was Anthony Munoz or Trent Williams, like I don't think it would have been that crazy. But Panay Sewell might just be an okay guy. So I, I think you got to balance, you know, I, I hear you. But at what wide receiver or corner are you taking a three overall? Now, at 13, I hear you. But I'm with you. Like, just because you take... Remember the Giants a couple years ago took Andrew Thomas. (laughs) He ain't Tristan worse. You know? And sometimes you take swing for the ceilings. Like, Makai Becton. It's kind of been a disaster. So, last year's draft, I'd say, is a little bit of an outlier. It was an elite draft. Think about the guys. I mean, even Waddle had 90 catches. Micah Parsons. Devontae Smith is going to be a stud. Like, Justin Fields went 11. Like, there were good players everywhere. Everywhere. This draft's a little harder. I would just take who you think is going to be the best player, which is honestly the philosophy of most people. But when you miss, you could miss on a wide receiver too. You know, You're, you're not guaranteed... Just because you take, you don't take a big guy, that that guy's going to be good. That, that would be my take. Nick, been listening to the pod for the fall. Don't miss an episode. I thought your take on the Packers' possible future sale was your worst. You talked about on the pod how you generate topics to discuss, and I'm curious how you come up with this one. The Packers can't realistically ever been sold. It says so in the articles of incorporation. Pretty sure it requires a vote of the board. And even that did happen. What would the vote for that? Who would vote for that? All the money after expenses and sale of the assets would be donated to the local American Legion. Not So what's the motivation to sell? Even if the league tried to force it, the franchise would have to be gutted top to bottom. They wouldn't be the Packers anymore. So I just didn't get where you were coming from with your take. Well, Again, I I don't give a shit. My my take was just like, I don't think it makes any sense to have the Packers orchestrated. And again, hostile takers happen all the time. Contracts are meant to be broken. I don't give a shit how the setup of the Packers is. They could be, if the league really wants to do some hostile takeover, they could. I simply have the take of, this: the, you guys have gotten pretty lucky, and I, I would imagine you're a Packer fan, of Rodgers and Favre. When that ends, you guys are fucked. <laughs> just, I, I mean, it's just a simple fact. So I, I just think this the way you guys are constructed, having Mark Murphy, who again, I'm not big into people running stuff. My issue with Twitter is like, Twitter is dictated by the board who's invested in like 10% of the company combined. They have no skin in the game. Ultimately, Jerry, all these owners have skin in the game. None of your guys have skin in the game. To me, it just doesn't make any sense the way it's set up. And it was set up a long time ago in the 60s. Well, guess what? We're in 2022. Times have changed. So I, it could easily be figured out. I, I don't care the setup; it does not matter to me. Contracts don't matter to me. They're broken literally every day. So my my take was just simply, how stupid is it that they don't have an owner? It makes no sense. It it really doesn't. You can give me the the lingo, the, the board director. I don't, none of these the other people are relevant. They, they do not matter. Mark Murphy, who does not own the team, represents the team. To me, if I'm another owner, like I don't love that. And I, I'd want the money. It could easily be figured out, my man. Easily. My question is, do you think we'll see the rise from the safety position? I miss the days of guys like Ed Reed, Sean Taylor, Brian Dawkins, Troy Polamalu. Or all the new rules of guys like these, impossible. Yeah, it's just harder to hit. So hitting isn't allowed. You know, so being a big hitter Is not like you can't be like John Lynch or Brian Dawkins. You you just like get thrown out of the league. The media would want you in jail, right? I love those guys. I love I I watch football for the violence. I I don't apologize for that at all. But it's not as violent of a sport as it once was. Now the athletes are bigger, faster, stronger, so the collisions are still really big. But just just type in YouTube a game. You don't even need to go back to like the nineties. Type in a game from, like, the late 2000s. When I got to the NFL in 2010, I remember countless guys. I remember Deshaun Jackson. I remember Austin Colley being at games with guys going off on stretchers. Now, it turns out they were all okay, but collisions that were just... Is this guy dead? That Those collisions just don't really happen anymore. They've been, you know... uh, the rule changes and officiated out of the game, which big picture probably is the right move. But uh, it's hard for those specific players to play. So the way you have to play is just completely different. I think your take on the Bears for this season isn't without merit, but overall I think the team isn't nearly as bad as the media thinks. I'm from Las Vegas, but I'm a lifelong suffering Bears fan, and I might be smoking from rose-colored glasses But I think their opponents next year, by the way, if the Vikings were better than the Bears, they would beat the Bears. Vikings are trash. I do think the coaching changed. No hate toward Nagy. Us ball dudes got to stick together. I think he lost his confidence a couple years ago. You could see it with the play on the field. In 2022, the Bears opponents are among the worst in the league. I know you think they're going to win four games, but I can see them being a double-digit win team in the league next season. They have great running backs and a solid defense, Even though the coaching change, I'm high on fields and think that, well, their offensive line sucks. Great running back seems like a little bit of a stretch. The dude Khalil's good. Cohen's coming back from the knee. Uh, Wide receivers, I don't know. I mean, not great. The defense, Khalil Mack's gone. Uh, You know, Andy Jackson has not been good for a couple years. You have a coach that we have no clue if he knows what he's doing. Justin Fields just wasn't very good last year. Again, not totally his fault, but I I would be stunned. If they won 10 games, Uber Flutes would be easily the coach of the year. I, I don't even think it would be a discussion. He'd be immediately the coach of the year. I'm curious with all your DK talk, did everyone forget about Tyler Lockett? Seems a better route runner and obviously considered a veteran. I know it seemed he had some mind meld with Russ, but it's, I don't really know what that means, but no one is interested in the cheaper, more experienced player, or does he have a huge contract extension that's keeping bidders away? I've always thought Tyler Lockett's like one of the most underrated players in the league. Maybe it's because he's small, but dude makes just plays, scores touchdowns. Google how many touchdowns the guy scored in like the last three years. The dude is a productive little guy, and maybe it's just he doesn't look the part, but I've been watching Seattle pretty closely for a decade. And I mean, obviously DK is probably the most talented wide receiver they have have ever had. But Tyler Lockett, 45 career touchdowns. Last two seasons, 18 touchdowns. Dude produces, man. 29 years old. Stud. Tyler Lockett could play for my squad any day of the week. Really good player, man. He has. Since 2018, 10 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns, 10 touchdowns, 8 touchdowns. Think about that. 36 touchdowns in the last four years. I'm not a mathematician, but I'm pretty sure that, does that equal 9? What's well, 9 times 4? I mean, that's pretty good. Duke and ball. Have a good weekend. If you're having a weekend and it's Sunday, don't get the Monday scaries. And uh, I'll see you guys Monday. Well, I guess I won't see you. I'll talk to you. Unless you watch on YouTube, but listen to the podcast. Adios. See ya. Are you looking for the hottest gambling advice out there? Check out the Moneyline Monaco podcast, powered by FanDuel. Every weekday, our guy Alex Monaco will give you his best bets, including game picks, props, same-game parlays, and much more. Monaco is in another groove and has won nearly 60% of his bets all time. So don't miss your chance to make some money by downloading the Moneyline Monaco wherever you get your podcast. only on the Volumes Podcast Network.